Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray here and joining me this episode, it is Matthew Day Gillett. Hello. Kia ora. Welcome along. Have you been up to anything as far as motorbikes go this week? Oh, I have, in fact. Now, you may have seen on the old social media that uh, things didn't go my way one Friday and I ended up going for a bit of a tootle out on uh, Rosie. Um, so I'm hoping to rectify that. I was meant to test a bike up in Auckland and I rode all the way up to Auckland and it wasn't there <laughs> which kind of sucked so tomorrow Monday I am riding up to Auckland in the morning and hopefully riding this mystery bike so I'll tell you about it next week oh I look forward to that I have ridden my bike over the Wainui Hill into town and back and today spent the day cleaning, lubing and tightening the chain that is literally everything I've done as far as motorbikes go this week nice I should probably look at tightening my chain at some point soon probably about due for it hey coming up in the podcast we're going to be talking to an outstandingly charitable man who's doing a massive road trip and raising a lot of money for a charity. More about that later on. I'm going to be doing a few road trips myself for locations coming up. Uh, It's all coming up in the news. Shall we dive into it? Sounds good. Kicking off the news this week, shiny side up. The dates have been announced and a slightly different layout this year. Uh, Shiny side up is broken into two different events this year or two different types of events. We've got the bike fest events and that will be four locations across the country, two in the North Island, two in the South Island. And then we have the shiny side up talk series events, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven events uh, across the uh, across the country. Firstly, let's talk Shiny Side Up Bike Fest. Four locations from the 16th of February till the 8th of March. 16th of February is Nelson. It's going to be happening at Saxonfield Stoke. Christchurch is on the 23rd of February at the Canterbury Agriculture Park, Wigram in Christchurch. Todonga, 1st of March, and that is the uh, Classic Classic Fly Museum, uh, Batten Drive, Mount Monganui. And my home, uh, home well not my hometown, but close to home, uh, Carpety on the 8th of March at the Southwood Car Museum, Otahanga Road, Paraparaumu. And I'm going to be at every single one of those events. Yeah, tell us why, Ray. What have you wrangled your way into to get a free trip to all of the Shiny Side Up Bike Fest events? Well, unfortunately, you're going to be hearing a lot of my voice if you do come to Shiny Side Up because I'm going to be the MC. <laughs> Congrats on that, mate. That's well done. I'm, um, I'm quietly stoked about going to all four of those events uh, and be able to share my passion for motorcycles with the crowd. Uh, I hope you come along and if you do come along, I'd love for you to come up and say day because that would be outstanding to meet a lot of our listeners. Now I mentioned the other side of Shiny Side Up, the Talk Series events. They're, uh, the From the 6th to the 8th uh, of February at the Burt Munro Challenge in Invercargill. These are going to be happening at Oriti Park in Invergigal. Dunedin on the 11th of February at the Mornington Tavern. Good tavern that. They do a brilliant steak. Well they did last time I was there. There. In Cromwell, Central Otago, the 12th of February, happening at the the Gate Conference Centre. Napier, 27th of February, at the Napier Conference Centre Marine Parade. Uh, Gisborne, 28th of February, Emerald Hotel. Auckland, 29th of February, Garden Community Centre, North uh, Great North Road, Western Springs. And Whangarei, on the 4th of March, at uh, Samnoff Stadium. I hope I've said that wrong, but I write, but I can pretty much guarantee I haven't. 
relevant. People talking at the Shiny Side Up talk events will be the likes of Andrew Stroud, uh, Avalon Biddle, a whole lot of names that uh, we are going to be talking to on the podcast in the coming weeks. Uh, so there's kind of a crossover there. Stick with us on the podcast and you'll hear from these people, but you're also going to hear from them at those uh, those Shiny Side Up talk series events. If you want to know more about anything Shiny Side Up, Google Shiny Side Up, that's the easy way, or you can head to rideforever.co.nz and is all listed there. But uh, Shiny Side Up is a mammoth event for 2020 and well done to Dave Kilty and the team at Ride Forever and ACC for making all of this happen across the country. You know what stood out to me there, right? What was that? 29th of February. I didn't realise it was the leap year. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say it stands out to me that Auckland doesn't get a bike fest event, but um, no, 29th of February. Yeah, that too, but hey, like if you're in Auckland, come on, like it's a great ride down to Tauranga. It is. Even better ride down to Carpenter. Yeah, why not? Come on down. Uh, moving on with the news. Oh, yes. Uh, so the numbers are in. And uh, we have a winner, um, not that it was really a competition, uh, for the most popular bike in New Zealand uh, as per road registrations via sale. The Motor Industry Association, these are the guys that keep tabs on the car um, retailers, the motorcycle retailers and everything. Anyone that sells anything with a motor, pretty much, these guys like to uh, sort of keep an eye on them. And they've released their motorcycle sales figures for 2019 and uh, there seems to be a clear trend emerging uh, for New Zealand's top selling road going motorcycles at least um, so this list sorry dirt fans um, they haven't released the top selling dirt bikes for the last quarter so uh, your dirt bikes aren't uh, included in these numbers um, but if you're interested in what uh, dirt bike numbers are you can head along to the Motor Industry Association's website um, and hopefully they'll update that they tend to run a top 5 best selling dirt bikes every quarter um, but back to the road bikes uh, for the second year in a row the Suzuki GSX-F well, GSX-150F uh, has topped the sales charts with a total of 175 units of the sporty looking little bike finding its home in Kiwi garages those numbers are actually down slightly on last year it's crazy it's a very very basic very very cheap motorcycle but Kiwis love it uh, rounding out the top 5 sellers of 2019 coming in number 2 Harley Davidson Street 500 uh, number 3 was Yamaha's YZF R3 that's a great bike that does great wheelies uh, Kawasaki's Ninja 400 was close on its tail and Royal Enfield's Classic line uh, the Royal Enfield Classic they're the ones they've been making since I think the 1950s or 60s basically they're unchanged they've got fuel injection and ABS these days but stylistically they look like they've just rolled out of the 1960s that was the top 5 seller so this continues a very strong trend of the Lambs class dominating bike sales in New Zealand uh, the only bike in the entire top 10 10, top 10 best sellers that didn't fall into a Lambs category was the new KTM 790 Adventure R which uh, shows how well that's been doing for uh, Team Tangerine uh, that came in oh I can't remember what number that came in um, but it was well within the top 5 I think it may have been the 8th most popular bike uh, and that knocks Suzuki's DR650 off um, its perch as the most popular adventure bike in the country so as we said at the beginning of this uh, the MIA's figures are based on bikes registered by dealers which means bikes that were sold out pre-sales like the Yamaha Tenere 700 which arrived this month uh, they don't appear on the 2019 list they'll appear on the 2020 list well done to the nifty wee Jixa and I actually see them on the road uh, quite often and you have to look twice to realise that they're only a 150 I see them all the time when I drive up to Auckland and it's crazy I'll be just tootling along too long and they go hey look 
look, there's a Jigsaw. Oh, look, there's another one. Oh, they really are everywhere. Not to take anything away from that number of 175 units sold in 2019, but it's not actually a massive number, is it? I mean, you could you could surely crack a few more than 175. Mind you, I suppose that's what all the uh, advertising schemes are for, and they haven't. So I'm talking through a hole in my ass. Well, that was not including the naked version of that bike either. Um, which was quite interesting. Oh, so that's the fully feared version. That's the fully feared version only. The naked version, number 11 on the sales charts, uh, was the unfeared version of the Jigsaw with 79. Yeah, and those are bikes that aren't going to the Jigsaw Cup either. They're being road registered. I'm now seeing um, why is, uh, why Yamaha held off uh, the the Tenere until January 2020. And it wasn't even that far into January. It was like the 5th of January, 6th of January that that container finally got unlocked. Uh, but all of those numbers of pre-sailed bikes, and they've pretty much sold out that first shipment. And then pretty much the second one as well. Are all going into 2020. That's that's very cunning. It will give them a leg up. I do wonder if they did have a choice there with the fires in Australia, but uh, the 790 Adventure R sold 91, which is huge for a like really tech heavy. It's the most expensive bike in the top 10 um, by quite a lot. Uh, next one, that was, oh, where did it come in? I'll read the full top 10 for you. Why don't I? Um, so we've got top five we've already listed off. Uh, coming in at number six, another real nice little cheap unit, Honda GLC 150 Shadow. Uh, so that's Honda's competitor for the Jixxer. Got to be honest, not the most attractive looking little cruiser out there. That's followed directly with basically exactly the same number of bikes sold, 93. Uh, the good old GN125H. 93 volt bikes sold and at number 7 are they still making that bike yeah still selling it though <laughs> uh, the big caveat with this year is probably the last time we will see some of these bikes on these charts because of course those ABS laws come in later this year which we'll probably see a few of these bikes um Oh, remembering though, the, that, that law that's coming in later this year is for new models, not for already released models. Yeah. So the already released models have another year or so. I uh, got, I think, until next year. And then they're. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would be sad. Um, so yeah, number eight was the KTM 790 Adventure R. Number nine, the Royal Enfield Interceptor 650. And that's a bike I really want to ride. Um, looks like your classic sort of British twin, except it only costs about 10 grand. <laughs> And it's a 650. It's Lambs approved. Following that is the Honda Rebel, number 10. Rebel 500. Uh, so, yeah, it's a very interesting top 10. Rolling on with the news, I found a story in a wided upper newspaper, and it's titled Reserve Users Split on Track Surprise. Now, I've kind of retitled it. My headline for the story would be Council Holds Dirt Bikers to Ransom After Good Deed. I'll read you the story. Opinions are mixed on the surprise work done to Featherston's Lake Reserve over Christmas. A surprise Christmas present for wided upper motocross riders has not been welcomed by all with one resident calling it vandalism. Additions to the motorcycle track at Featherston's Lake Reserve came as a surprise to users, residents and council. Discussions had been made for work at the site on the eastern banks of Lake Wairarapa, but no consultation had taken place. South Wairarapa Mayor Alex Bejan said, Riders have been enthusiastic about the track being widened, but others weren't so impressed. Featherston's Kate Beatty saw
saw the massive earthworks, as she described, uh, while out walking on Christmas Day. More than a kilometre of double-width track had been graded for dirt bikes, which she said cut across the walking track multiple times. A higher grader that was probably used to do the grading work was left at the reserve. Beatty said she tried to find out who gave the authority for the earthworks and contacted the Department of Conservation, South Wairarapa District Council, Greater Wellington Regional Council and the police. Lake Wairarapa is a special place and it deserves to be treated better. As there appears to be no authority in place, I want to see the site restored. I feel that this is vandalism. It's public land. The community and mana whenua need to be involved in the decisions about how this natural resource is managed. I think there is enough space at the site for everyone's needs to be met and we need to work together and have discussions uh, and agreements before one group just goes ahead and carves out the natural environment. One veteran motocross rider said the changes were a win-win for riders in the area. The rider, who didn't want to be named, said he had used the track for at least 25 years. His son uses it now and the changes had made uh, made the track much safer. It was quite overgrown, but now whoever's done it has gone and made it a proper track and made it safer. My boy enjoys it. So basically... Somebody's gone ahead and widened the track and turned what used to be a piddly little single track uh, motocross area into a proper motocross track. Win-win. Um, seems that somebody who doesn't ride motorcycles is, is having a bit of a cry about it. Yeah, well, I, I can kind of see both sides of the story. I'm I'm a bit concerned that the guy who says he's been uh, using it for 25 years doesn't want to be named. What's he got to hide? But I'm a little bit... One, one thing that popped up in my mind when I read that part of the story was uh, he's been using it for 25 years uh, and I probably didn't mention it actually later in the story he says it was quite dangerous now it's quite safe and it, and it, and it actually works as a motocross track um, so if he you know, I, I'm, I'm torn I'm definitely leaning towards the uh, towards the motorci- motorcyclists side of things here the problem further to this is that the track has been entirely closed down and uh, a big and big notice has been put, put put in place saying motorcyclists can't use the track at all now. Yeah, well, crossing the um, the walking path, that's kind of uh, it's a good deed. Someone's had good intentions, but they've really boned it up for everyone else because as soon as you start mixing motorcycles with the general public, general public's always going to win. It's a sad fact. It is. It is. So uh, there is a petition out to get the council to actually investigate this properly and sort out the the area so, you know, walkers and motorcyclists can use the area again. Uh, if you'd like to know more about that petition, we will share it on our Facebook page, Kiwi Rider Podcast. Uh, carrying on in the news, so we've got some Dakar news. Oh, it is hot here. I don't know if it's hot where you are, Ray, but it was nearly 30 degrees here in Cambridge today. Another place where it is sweltering though Dakar 2020 the deserts of Saudi Arabia um yeah what a year for Dakar well obviously there was that big shadow over Dakar this year start of week two a rider passed away sadly on stage seven uh, Paolo Goncalves he was racing on the seventh stage of the event and yeah had a nasty nasty crash and sadly passed away from his injuries but um, basically most of the riders started uh, chucking up on all of their social media um, that they were officially racing for Speedy which was um, Paolo's sort of nickname um, with Toby Price poor 
old Toby Price. He was the first on the scene to the crash, last person to leave as well. Still came in third at the Dakar. Um, and that says something. He was the first KTM rider back. So KTM's 18-long Dakar winning streak is officially over. Uh, we have a new Dakar champion, and it is uh, Honda's Ricky Brabick. Um, so here's uh, the story that uh, if you've got the latest edition of KR, you might uh, have read it already. Uh, if Dakar 2020 will be remembered for anything, it will be the year that after 18 years of victory for the KTM juggernaut, the Austrian band, the Austrian brand was finally dethroned from the top step of the podium. In fact, 2020 has been a year of change for the Dakar Rally as a whole. Over 30 years have passed since Honda last triumphed in the Dakar Rally, and bringing the Japanese mark back to glory for the first time was first-time winner Br- Ricky Brabick, who also has the honour of being the first American to win the gruelling rally. It's a dream come true, Brabick said hopefully we can come back next year and repeat it i know that's not going to be easy as the husky and ktm boys will be breathing down our necks i'm really excited to be here for honda and for america as well to be the only american to accomplish this goal is amazing i think it's really a dream come true now that we've now we've got to set our goals higher and accomplish more we're going to come back next year and try and repeat this but as i said it's not easy we are happy it was big tough race. Uh, run for the first time in Saudi Arabia as part of a five year deal. Um, Brabeck rode a CRA 450 rally to victory amid the torturously hot conditions of the Saudi desert. Um, I think I read somewhere it was 97% dunes and sand uh, this Dakar which is insane. Um, something that da- um, Brabeck agrees with. The scenery was insane he exclaimed. I love it. Hopefully it'll, I'll be back next year. I've got a five year deal uh, in my contract so I think we'll be back. So following Brabeck was Husqvarna's Pablo Quintanilla uh, and KTM's defending champion Toby Price. Earning his best result at the event by putting in an excellent performance over the entire 12 stages on his Husqvarna FR450 rally machine, uh, Quintanilla bettered his previous best finish of third place in the 2016 Dakar to bring home Husqvarna their highest ever result to date at the Dakar. Uh, For Toby Price, as I said earlier, the 2020 Dakar will probably be one he'll want to forget. After being first on the scene of Paolo Goncalves' fatal crash and the last to leave, uh, the Australian battled to remain on the pace with the harsh realities of the dark side of the rally firmly etched in his recent memory. At the end of the rally, Price was happy to, with the podium, but also clearly relieved to make it to the finish line in Kadaya. I'm really happy with another podium at the Dakar. Every time I've made it to the finish at this event, I've copped onto the podium, he said. So far, I'm either a number one or a number three guy. The most important thing is to be here safely at the finish. Obviously, we came here to win, but it just wasn't our year. However, for riders, the 2020 Dakar will be... Rem- rem- however, for ro- however, for riders, the 2020 Dakar will be remembered for one man, Paolo Goncalves, who sadly lost his life racing the seventh stage of the event with many posting the hashtag racing for speedy uh, in their social media updates for the remainder of the rally. Uh, the top five motorcyclists for the Dakar, Ricky Brabick, Pablo Contenia, Toby Price, Jose Ignacio Cornejo, and Matthias Wagner. Wow, what a story. Um, I, I don't even want to touch on it, but you, you, you did the story justice. Uh, apart from saying that the, the photos that I saw uh, on, on Instagram and, and across social media were absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, I know, right? Does it kind of make you want to actually go to Saudi Arabia? It does, seeing you know those full-blown race trucks doing full-blown jumps over sand dunes. Um, absolutely crazy. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I gotta admit, the sand riding will probably be an absolute nightmare, but I kind of want to go there now. And that wraps up the news. And time now to catch up with an absolute legend, a gentleman, a man raising a lot of money for a lot of different charities, a man that probably doesn't actually spend a lot of time at home because he's always out doing something for someone, whether that be a community group uh, across the other side of town, uh, someone in another island, other end of the country. He's always doing something for someone and putting smiles on people's faces. In fact, last few years here in Wainui Amata, he doesn't even live here. He's... Uh, uh, being Santa's chariot for the Santa Parade. Wow, that's impressive. Trikin Tours is the business name. Brett Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks very much, Raymond. Good afternoon. Oh, no, it's a good evening on Sunday. It has disappeared ever so slightly, and what a gorgeous day it has been today, of course. Uh, caught up with you and a whole lot of car enthusiasts at, uh, what was it? What was the event called? It was Hard Park 2020 down the Hut, Hut uh, Riverside Car Park, yeah? Yeah, that's, that's right, mate. Yep, yeah, it was a, certainly an interesting day down there, and I, I was out of my uh, out of my league there a little bit because all the vehicles, well, most of the vehicles there had four wheels, mate. So I don't know how, don't know how they will operate, mate. Because as you know, trucking tours, we have a truck with three wheels. So uh, yeah, but. Um you do have a truck with three wheels, and you're uh, you're off to do a bit of a road trip, I hear. Yeah, rumour has it, and that was started by fact that the fact that I've got a, a a ticket. It's not a golden ticket, but for me, it's gold because it's enabled, enabling me to have uh, almost three weeks in the mainland. Uh, so I'm, I'm heading down to the Burt Monroe motorcycle event, um, but on my way. Um, I'm also stopping off in, uh, in Alexandra for uh, the Bronze Otago, where we've got the Vincent Rally the weekend before. So I thought, hmm, if I'm taking the trike down, let's have a bit of fun, because that's what triking tours is all about, and, and being its chief pilot. You couldn't you couldn't just go down and go for a road trip, could you? You couldn't just enjoy your your, your birthday, which I believe it was a birthday present heading to the Burt Munro. You had to turn it into a bit of a fundraiser. Yeah, fundraiser and a bit of a fun event. So, um, so we contacted, um, before we go that way, I mean, we do, myself and triking tours, we, we do a few charity gigs over the last few years, and, you know, it's synonymous with today, really, with just giving young of all ages, as, as you were well aware, was getting your young lad on there, and he didn't want to get off Ray. But um, we just thought that, hey, look, let's do something for the for the great people in the mainland. And um, we got in contact with a lovely lady called Corinda, and she um, has started up the Life Matters Suicide Prevention Trust, and they're based in uh, Dunedin. So I um, flicked her a message, and we've had a chat. And hey, look, I'm going to start to give a little page up shortly, and and we're also um, going to rebrand our our trailer, a little bit of space on the trike uh, for three weeks, um, just raising a bit of awareness on on the mental health issues. That, hey, look, people just they they want to just put under the carpet, mate, or don't don't want to say something, or they don't feel they can say something, or they're going to get ridiculed, mate. So. I just thought, hey, well, let's let's go down the South Island. Let's have a bit of fun. But be just a drop in the bucket, mate, you know. But every drop. It sure does. It sure does. So what is the plan and how are you going to raise this uh, this much-needed funds for this charity? Well, like I say, so we're going to get our, our um, get a little page up and running. But while we're going through towns, I, I devised a way of making it a little bit more exciting and, and, 
and just getting it out there. So our Facebook page uh, is quite aptly known now as the Great South Island Chock Eclair Hunt and Fundraiser. So my plan is to, is to, as I'm going through the towns, I'm going to call into a couple of cafes or bakeries, and, and I've uh, appointed myself as the uh, chief chocolate clear uh, taster and and sole judge um, and I'm going to locate the best chocolate clear in the mainland as voted by myself um, so yeah we're really it's just with the trailer and with the trike sign written um, it's just going to be spreading a bit of a bit of the, the word to be honest Ray and um, so you uh, you strike me as a, um, a man about town you've, you've you've had a few years on this planet shall we say uh, have you had many chocolate eclairs in your time and further to that what makes a good chocolate eclair and what makes you a good judge of the chocolate eclair well let's start at that last question what makes me a good judge hey i just like food mate all right <laughs> food in general it's not a problem fussy eater that's not in my vocabulary but um to be fair yeah chocolate eclair was was the second uh second um thing that i wanted to taste but uh first one i didn't really want to put it out there so we've gone with number two so um the chocolate eclair, I just think that, you know, hopefully it's going to have some good uh, kiwi cream in this chocolate eclair. And the pastry is going to be... Uh, a light and fluffy pastry? Something that's going to... Tan- it's going to, it's going to, it's going to tantalise my taste buds. And, of course, chocolate. I'm hoping that these cafes and bakeries and so forth that I come across have, have, are using the, uh, the new mainland um, chocolate manufacturers or hopefully the good old Whitaker's chocolate. I hope that's uh, made its way south. Now, my final question on the chocolate eclairs, are they going to be points for, you know, uh, thinking outside the box? I mean, you get your classic chocolate eclair with the cream and the pastry and the chocolate, but uh, what if somebody did, you know, a, a bit of a spin on that with maybe some white chocolate or some flavoured cream or, I mean, is there points for for extravagancies like that? Yeah, yeah, we're going to have, so we've got a, um, Care of Twig Instruments in uh, Naranga Gorge, we've um, we've managed to procure a weighing device. Um, I've got my trusty, oh, I don't know how long this ruler is, but it's one of the old fold-out uh, wooden rulers. Um, so we're going to do a weight, we're going to do a do a, a length, but we're also yeah we I didn't think about a category for for anything other than the standard good old chocolate eclair so I think we might just have to put it in there that if somebody surprises me we might just have to have yeah a little bit a little bit more of a think on the point uh, scale but um, yeah 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 ingenuity mate that once again what's an op- what's it's an office with a good old Kiwi uh, way, mate. So there might be um, some places down on our travels that, that will uh, cook us up something that's just a little bit out of the ordinary. But we will, uh, yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Well, when we get to that, clear. Now, tell us quickly about your trike. Uh, I understand it's uh, it's Volkswagen powered uh and it's got a long way to go so um tell us about the trike for starters so this is a uh, 2005 riwako trike so riwako is a brand uh where it's manufactured in germany um it's a 1776 cc engine uh twin carbs and uh, yeah, four-speed box, just like the good old Beatles are. Um, we're going to have the benefit of having some spare helmets with us. So I'm hoping in our travels, um, in conjunction with our sponsors, so we've got the likes of DVS, the home ventilation uh, people. We've got Tupperware New Zealand, uh, Howard Material Handling, uh, Tudor Distributors. So they're a, they're a great uh, business if you need any work boots. 
um, they do online orders. Um, so we've got some good little sponsors there. And, um, oh, and we can't forget uh, 3M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got uh, brilliant rep in, in Wellington that's sold us out with some goodies from 3M. And um, we are going to just highlight, highlight it when we get into town. Uh, and just to raise awareness and, you know, people will see us out and about. I've, uh, occasionally I've secured the odd costume and, and uh, different piece of uh, kit on my many charity rides and, and Christmas gigs that we've done. So I think I'm going to stand out a little bit than your, than your standard mainlander um, while I'm away for three weeks. So And, and on this three-week on this three-week road trip, um, have you have you already devised your route or are you going to make that up as you go along? No, so our, uh, good question. So our first our first week we um, we get into Picton on Monday evening. So we're going to we're going to baptism by fire we're going to sleep in our little camper when our little trailer was converted into a camper so we're going to sleep in that and Tuesday morning we're going to head off and we're going to head over to um, Nelson and Mochuaca all going well we believe there's a we've done a bit of intel we've asked a few people and there's a Apparently, a very, very good cake shop in Mochuaca that does a dream chocolatey clear. So we're um, going to head off there, and in that, in that first point in the mainland, we're going to head down the west coast. So um, Hikitika, Greymouth, and so forth. And by Friday lunchtime, we're going to be rolling into Alexandra for the beginning of the... Um, the rally that's been put on by Bronze Otago, the Vincent rally, that's the one. Um... And then the second week, we've got a few days up our sleeves before we need to get to Invercargill for the BERT. And then we'll be leaving Invercargill on the Sunday or the Monday. We just haven't clarified which part of that we're going to do. And then it's um, a slow trip back up the East Coast, um, taking in the sights and sounds. And it's the Thursday evening we... uh, we come back thanks to the uh, good team at the Inter-Islander. Well, I hope that your road trip is absolutely outstanding. I hope you enjoy every single minute of it, and I hope that the mainlanders, generous to a fault. Now, anyone in New Zealand, I think, can uh, can donate, and if anyone in New Zealand would like to donate, how can they get hold of you, Brett? So what we'd like, ideally what we'd like them to do is either go to our, well, ideally go to our Facebook page, which is the Great South Island Chock Eclair Hunt and Funeral, so that's a bit, bit of a mouthful. Just whip over to our, our uh, business page, Trikin Tours, uh, on Facebook. Um, and there'll be some links there once we get approved with this um, Give a Little page. Um, we'll be putting the links up there. And uh, yeah, just everybody, doesn't matter whether it's five bucks or 50 bucks, you know, every, every little bit helps for a, for a great organisation based in Dunedin that does some uh, pretty outstanding work for mental health and, and also just just being there for people, providing them with assistance and just a um, just a voice or, you know, being able to call in and, and see them in their uh, premises down there. So uh, ultimately, mate, was it give a little page what we'd, what we'd like? We've, we've already had a bit of money coming in, which is which is pretty amazing. So we'll um, just put that straight into a bank account for them rather than holding on to it. Uh, but to give a little, that way we can track it and uh, make sure that, you know, everything that we do raise... We, we've got a good understanding, Ray, of uh, the total at the end of the, the end of the um, event. Brilliant, Brett Lindsay, Triken Tours on Facebook, T R I K N Tours. Uh, that's at Triken Tours or that Facebook page once again, please. The Great South Island Chock Eclair Hunt 
and fundraiser. Go well, mate. We want lots of photos as you get round the South Island. No, that's really awesome. And thanks for your time. Great to um, be able to have a chat with you, Ray. And thank you to all the listeners listening through on this podcast. Really appreciate your support. And of course, we'll chuck up all the details on our Facebook page uh, as as Brett makes his way uh, all the way to the southernmost city in the world and back again. Kiwi Rider Podcast. What a nice guy. Hey, time for a brand new feature, Matt. Oh, sounds good. I'm going to call it Barely Legal. All right. Where are you going with this? (laughs) (laughs) What I want to do is share some of the the more obscure uh, rules and laws from different countries around the world. Uh, Like, for example, can you believe that no big bikes, or any bikes for that matter, are, are allowed on main highways or toll roads? in Seoul, South Korea. Oh, what? Surely that means that their traffic sucks. Don't ask me why. I couldn't I couldn't tell you why. I've never been to South Korea, but it's uh, something I stumbled across. In Lithuania, they have installed what they call smart traffic lights. Only problem is they don't work. They go red for traffic and green for people to cross when there are no people waiting to cross. That sounds like our smart traffic lights. Uh, (laughs) And our smart motorway in Wellington that isn't that smart as well. Uh, And final one for this episode, in Youngstown, Ohio, you'll get a ticket for running out of gas on the motorway. Well, yeah, you deserve it. If you run out of gas on the motorway, you're a bit of a dick. I'm not saying that these rules are all stupid. I just think there's some some of the more interesting rules and laws from around the world. If you've got an interesting rule, a weird rule, a strange law, or something that happened to you somewhere in the world, we want to hear from you. You can get hold of us uh, through our Facebook page Kiwi Rider Podcast love to hear from you Barely Legal we'll be back next week because I've got a whole A4 page of these nice I look forward to uh, learning about some more weird things and hey you never know you might actually educate me in uh a weird traffic law that I should probably know in my travels. Hey, let's quickly um, touch on some things that are happening around the country in the next few weeks. The BMW International GS Trophy is about to kick off, right? Yes, um, right here in New Zealand, big international rally. I think 148 specially made F850 GSs have been shipped over for that. Um, we'll talk about that more next week. Uh, coming up in a future episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast, I went with an IAM rider on an observed ride. We'll see just how bad my riding skills actually are. I'm sure they're not that bad. <laughs> no, they're not that bad. Uh, and Ben, the editor of Kiwi Rider Magazine, is off to Blenheim. Where's he going? What's he doing? Uh, GS Rally, I believe. Another one. Um, so he's uh, fizzing at the bung really he's got hold of the Kiwi Rider uh, what is it an R100GS I want to say um, yeah that sounds about right an old bike it's gorgeous it has so much patina uh, he's got hold of that from Kiwi Rider's publisher uh, Pete's uh, it's basically uh, well I think yeah if Ben had children it would be this bike um, he loves this thing um, and I'm pretty sure he's made uh, Pete put it in his will for him um, so he's taken that all the way down to Blenheim will he make it back who knows you know he's named that bike eh no 
He's named it. Uh, we'll chuck a photo up on the Facebook page. Uh, head to Facebook and search Kiwi Writer Podcast. He's named it the Red Baron. <laughs> That's a pretty good name. It's not it's a bad name tenacious. for uh, what is uh, a Red Baron. Uh, so looking forward to hearing all about that from Ben. Uh, there is one thing left to do in this podcast, in this episode. Matt, do you know what it is? Oh, is it the dad joke? It is. And I've got two for you this week. Uh, the Secret Service, they're not allowed to yell, get down anymore. They're not allowed to say, get down, at the president when he's about to be attacked. No, 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 no. They've got to yell, Donald Duck! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's extra funny because my son's just discovered Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Hey, one more dad joke before we wrap up this episode. What is the least spoken language in the world? What? Sign language. (laughs) Badum. Hit that subscribe button, hit that like button and share this podcast with a writing buddy of yours. We'd love you for it. You can get hold of us on Facebook, search out Kiwi Writer Podcast. Give us a like, hit that subscribe button there as well. Uh, you can get hold of our mates at Kiwi Writer Magazine. Their Facebook page is Kiwi Writer. Uh, they've got a new magazine coming out this week, I believe. KiwiWriter.co.nz for everything we've talked about in this podcast with a whole lot of photos and visuals. Head to KiwiWriter.co.nz That is about us. I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Keep the rubber side down throttle on. Do check out onthrottle.co.nz as well and we'll catch you in seven days time. Listener.